A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of having my friend O.M. Panicker call me up and he wanted to get together with me. So we had coffee and it had been quite some time since we had got to sit down together and, and break bread or break coffee or whatever <laughs> drinks that we were having that day. And um, I felt like the Lord instructed me to in that moment as we sat there and shared our hearts with each other to have Him minister at this particular service. So my faith is that the Lord is going to minister to each one of us through our brother and it's going to be a rhema word to us for this coming year that we're in. I also ask him to share about some of the mission work that they're doing, where they go and what they do, because he spends uh, much of his time overseas as well. And I'll let him tell you about that and introduce his wife to us. So brother, would you come? We'll pray together and then uh, you minister the word of God. Let's turn around, face everyone, let's pray. Father, we thank You so much that You're good to us, that You're faithful to watch over Your Word, to accomplish it. And Lord, we submit ourselves to You and to Your will and to do all that pleases You. Father, expand within us as we sit under the, the anointed Word. Expand within us Your vision, Your heartbeat, what You want to accomplish in this coming year through our finances. And Lord, I ask that You would, through Your anointing upon Brother Pan, bring out what the teaching that you want through him and in the right illustrations the right word and open our ears and our eyes to see as you want us to see in Jesus name and amen, amen. Uh, this is not our first time to be here and I'm sure there are some people here who do know us uh, it is a joy to be back again to the Church of the Word. And uh, Pastor Sidney, thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, we love to be in the midst of the people of God. Amen. That is our joy. And we love worship. Still waiting to hear your worship. <laughs> and... Uh, we have always enjoyed coming to the Church of the Word and to listen to God's Word through the servants that God has placed here. Pastor Dale and I have met in the past on several occasions, and Pastor Sidney, we have also met and we have shared a lot from our hearts. And uh, we are not strangers uh, to this congregation. I have limited time, so I would like to be brief and probably not tell you a lot of stories. Uh, I'm a storyteller, being a missionary. Uh, very, very briefly, I gave my life to the Lord. This is for those who do not know us. I gave my life to the Lord in the year 1970, 1970. That was quite a long time ago. 
And uh, I want you to know that it wasn't easy after that. I did go through a lot in my life. A lot of rejection. That was the hardest thing to take. And uh, most of the challenges came from within the church. Pastors and bishops who would be jealous. And uh, that is a tragedy in the church even today. And uh, in 1970, after I gave my life to the Lord, I took the Bible and I started preaching. So the preaching began in 1970. And uh, God took me to Africa, to Kenya in 1981. 1982, my dad called me back home to India. And he just said, come quickly. I found a lady for you who will be your wife. So in our culture, it's our parents who choose our partners for us. And uh, in our culture, we are obedient to our fathers and mothers. We never question them. We obey them. Because the Bible teaches us to not only respect them, but also to obey them in the Lord. Amen. I flew over, I met this lady, and uh, five days later, we were at the altar. We did not date. I did not know anything about her, and she knew nothing about me, except that I was in Africa. And uh, here we are, 40 years later, together. Amen? <laughs> 41 years later. <laughs> It's 41 years, and the years have gone by, and we are happy to let you know that we are now grandparents. Uh, God has blessed us tremendously, uh, but the missionary journey wasn't easy. When you look at us, we look good. We look fine. Uh, but we have so many scars, so many wounds within us uh, that has been covered over by the blood of Jesus. And uh, we have so many real experiences with the Lord, probably another time, I will talk about some of those experiences. To be a missionary is not easy. To be a missionary, we need God's calling. 
And I do boldly tell you, please do not venture out to be a missionary just because your friends, your family, or your church is, is going to support you. When you arrive in the mission field, the culture is different. The people are different. The mentality is different. The approach to different people, groups, are different. I know of some missionaries who failed terribly and came back. They were not prepared. They went because they were sent by their local churches. And uh, my wife will bear witness with me. There are days we cried. We literally cried before the Lord. We felt not loved. We felt not wanted. We went through a lot of rejection. We went through a lot of lack because our work was not started after we were sent by a mission board. God started it with us. And we were never sent from any country. He took us there and he said, I'm calling you out. Mercy and I, we fasted and we prayed for six months together. And I want you to know that it was a partial fast. Because we wanted to know for sure that the calling was from God. That it was not an emotional decision or some kind of a decision that was taken abruptly, out of excitement maybe? No. We really wanted to hear the voice of God. Every day we fasted and prayed together, it was a yes. God was smiling upon us. Now that is the story in brief. And when we set out, no support, nothing coming in, I looked up and I asked the Lord, we need help. To summarize the whole experience, this is what he said, I want you to step out onto the waters and I will hold you up. I've never forgotten that promise. He did not want us to depend on any man because God wanted to prove himself that he was a faithful God. Now that is our life in a nutshell, but there are many, many, many stories that I could share with you. Could you please stand up? Now, this is Mercy, and this is my wife of 41 years. And uh, I thank God so much for her. 
and uh, I may not have made it till this moment without her. And uh, she not only loves us, loves me, she also has the boldness to rebuke me when necessary. <laughs> and I think that is a good thing. It helps me to think before I make a major decision. Hallelujah. And it is part of the mission life, part of being a pastor, living together with his wife. And all I want to say is that it is good, always good, to be in the hands of the master. Always good. Even when the times are bad, even when things don't work out right, even friends and family leave us, believe me, it is always good to keep holding hands, walking with the Lord. There's nothing better in life than knowing him and walking with him. The psalmist says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. If you haven't tasted Jesus, this is a call for you. After more than 52 years of walking with Jesus, I want to tell you that he is the very best. He is the very best, and I want to assure you that he is so very, very, very faithful. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promises. Amen? Amen. Yes, there are seasons of desperation, loneliness. That's part of the journey. Hallelujah. That's all part of the journey. But I want to say, as long as we hold on to him, he will never, never, never fail you. It's a promise I give to you from the word of God. And Psalms 118 and verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Please write it down on the walls of your heart. Psalms 118 and verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Your friends, at some point in your life, will leave you. And that is the fact of life. They will go on on their journey. You will be left alone and you have to continue on on your journey. And to be successful, you need Jesus. 
He says, I will never leave you. I will be with you until the end of the world. Amen. Hold on to that wonderful promise. Whatever your struggles, whatever your situations in life, please never give up on Jesus. He died, he resurrected, he ascended. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he said, I will come back. That is the Christian hope. And he is coming back one of these beautiful days. Amen. We ought to be excited. We need to have that hope. We need to look up and not give, give up because of life's circumstances, because of what's happening in the country, because of what's happening in the world. It's not good out there. Hello. Yeah. I was asked to talk a little about missions. And um, we have been missionaries for so many years. We have worked with many different cultures. Our base is in Kenya. And uh, we also have a lot of work in India. Now, this is our brochure. And uh, I have a few with me. You could pick it after the service if you want to. We have a medical facility in Kenya, in a village. And uh, we host free medical camps in the villages of Kenya. We were out there for three months this year so far. And we have treated about 3,000 very poor people. I hire doctors and nurses, and we buy all the necessary medication. And we go into the very, very poor villages of Kenya, where people have no money to go to a hospital. They prefer to stay home and to die. And we have already treated many hundreds of thousands of such people over the years. And there are people who come back and tell me, you know, in Kenya, I'm the bishop, so they come and tell me, Bishop, thank you for giving me life. They were sick. They were dying. We prayed with them. We gave them medical treatment free of charge when they are healed, when they are well. This is what they tell us. Bishop, thank you for giving me life. I would have died. You came. You gave me life. But then I would remind them, it is not me. It is Jesus who gave you life. It is Jesus who sent me to you. So many have been helped. Then we have a school, an elementary school, and we teach children from very poor families. 
we charge them about 40% of their total expenditures and the remaining money we do raise it from here, from the USA. Now that's how we help the poor families out there. And I am an evangelist, I'm a teacher of the word. I've been out there in open air crusades like Reinhard Bonke and Billy Graham and T.L. Osborne. If you give me the mic and a platform, I'll be a different person. I won't be talking like this. The fire of God is released in power, in anointing. We have witnessed the people getting healed physically before our very eyes. Hallelujah. Lots of stories to share, but not tonight. Physical healings. So many demons being cast out of people. So there's a lot that we do in Kenya. In India, we train a lot of missionaries and pastors. I go to one state and I draw in the people of God from different states. Train them for two or three weeks and send them out. And that is my concentration today. I used to stand out on the platform and speak like Reinhard Monke. People get healed. Barren women conceive. Wonderful things do happen there. But because of the current attack on Christians, by Hindu extremists, we are no longer able to do that because they will kill us on the platform. Now that's what's happening in India today. Christians are pulled out of their homes. What happened about two weeks ago was extremely shameful and sad. Hindu extremists went to the homes of these Christians pulled them out, paraded them. Many were killed. And I'm ashamed to say this. Women were stripped naked and marched on the streets. It has never happened before. People who do not know God are so wicked, so evil, so demonic. They have no respect no conscience. Terrible things are happening in the world today and that is why we need missionaries. That is why you need to go. And if you can't go, you need to send. Hallelujah. Lord, as we look into your word, come Lord, take over Lord. Holy Spirit, take over be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. I would like to remind many scriptures that you probably already know. Now, when we talk about missions, we normally concentrate in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. 
And the last few verses, 19 and 20. Today, I'll be reading a lot of scriptures. I do not plan to be evangelistic. I just want to stand here and read so that we hear. Jesus came, spake unto them, the disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19 is the commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. From there, I jump to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. These are some of the most familiar scriptures in any church. Mark 16, from verses 15 to 18. And he, Jesus, said unto them, Go ye into all the world. The word world here means every ethnic group. Hallelujah. Every ethnic group. And preach the gospel to every creature. I have one or two friends of mine who may sound crazy, but I've seen them preaching to their dogs. <laughs> Probably they were practicing, I don't know. <laughs> but the dogs were listening. <laughs> they were silent, they would sit and listen. You know, preach the gospel to every creature. Personally, I have preached to trees. I go into the forest and I start preaching to them. Beautiful. I have a beautiful audience out there. <laughs> he that believeth and is baptized. Please underline the word believeth. Underline the words baptized if you have your Bible. Shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And it is true. We have witnessed these signs. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Very true. They shall take up serpents. Yes. Paul the Apostle took up a serpent. Nothing happened to him. In my lifetime, I've stepped on serpents and snakes, many of them physically. It is not an imagination. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Please don't do it purposely. You will surely die. But if somebody poisons you and you do not know about it, and you trust in him, 
he will deliver you. I don't know if you heard of Sadhu Sundara Singh, one of the missionaries of India many years ago. His family gave him poison to kill him. He was a very anointed man of God. He did not know there was poison in the food. After taking the food, the spirit led him out of the house. He sat in a corner, he started to vomit. All the poison came out. The family was so surprised that this man did not die. Mercy and I were poisoned once by a family who did not like us. We were invited to their home for dinner. When I touched the food, the Lord said, don't, don't take it, don't eat it. He told me that, but in the Indian culture, if you don't take it, you're offending the host. I took a little, and Mercy was about to take hers, and I told her, don't, I'll share mine with you. I gave her a little bit of it. Honestly, we both became very sick. We both almost died. But I thank God, here we are. Many years later, that poison had no effect on us. Amen? Amen. Every word is true. But please do not do experiments. <laughs> you will surely kill yourself. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I want you to know that we have a mandate. Every born again Christian. This is our mandate. Go! Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out devils baptize the new converts add them into the family of God nurture them grow them up and never be afraid lo I am with you always he is with us always how many of you believe that yes. if you believe he is there he is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I have stories, but I'm not going into it. But remember, that is our mandate. The command from the Lord is, go! And there is a task. What is our task as a born-again believer? To make disciples. To make, everybody shout, disciples. Disciples. Amen? For Jesus. That is your work. That is my work. It is not just the work of the pastor or the evangelist or the preacher. It is your work. It is my work. 
And remember, we are not going alone. We have a promise. I am with you always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His Shama presence is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The first thing I wanted to share was this. We all have a mandate. When you get back home, spend time looking at these scriptures and meditate. Lord, take me. Lord, use me. At the end of my life, I do not want to die like a fool. No, Lord, no. Help me, Lord, to make use of the talents, of the giftings that you have placed on the inside of me. Cry out to God from the bottom of your heart and he will surely speak to you just as he spoke to us. After six months of fasting and praying, it was a yes. We walked out without any promise from any person, no support. He said, I will hold you from under. Step out onto the waters. And that is what Mercy and I have done. And today I stand here, I praise my God, and I boldly tell you that he is faithful. Amen. The second thing I would like to share is, and also very briefly because of time, you can support missions if you cannot go. You can support missions or the work of the missionary that is out there in the mission field somewhere in Africa, in Australia, in South America, in Europe. In Asia, you can support them. Number one, how do you support them? You can support them in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, many times we forget to pray for our missionaries. I know this church sends out a lot of missionaries. Question, do you spend a few minutes every day crying out for them? A few minutes. Lord, bless this man and his family in the midst of wolves out there. Keep him and his family safe, O oh God. Provide for their every need, oh my Father. We can support mission work just by praying. Amen. And I want to read a beautiful scripture from the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. And I'm reading from the Living Bible. 
Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2. And these are the words of Paul the Apostle, Paul the missionary. Finally, dear brothers, as I come to the end of this letter, now listen carefully. I ask you to pray for us. You know, real missionaries always ask for prayers. They always ask for prayers. Paul was a real missionary. He is asking the church at Thessalonica, pray for us. And then he goes on, pray first that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. Hallelujah! Pray that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ will spread rapidly and triumph wherever it goes. Number two, pray that converts would be won, winning converts everywhere as it did when it came to you. And verse two, Pray too that we will be saved out of the clutches of evil men. For not everyone loves the Lord. Is that in your Bible? Hello. If you do not know how to pray for missionaries, here we are taught how to pray for them. Because the missionary is asking for prayers. What is Paul asking for? Number one, that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. And that is the reason why the missionary has gone. To preach Jesus. He's asking for prayers. Church, pray that God would use your missionaries to spread the message of Jesus rapidly. Hallelujah. And that that message would be triumphant, victorious, that it would touch hearts, break the hearts of stone. Amen. That is a prayer that we all can pray. And Paul the Apostle asks again, pray that souls would be converted. When was the last time anyone prayed such a prayer for your missionary? Lord, use him, use her, that souls might be converted. That is the reason why they are out there. They are not on a holiday. They are not on a vacation. They are out there in the mission field. And Paul asks again, pray that we might be delivered from the hands of wicked people. Do you know that there are so many wicked people out there? Amen. So many wicked people who would want to kill a missionary. Who was that missionary that was burned in Orissa? 
Huh? Oh, I forgot. Huh? Steve Burnham. This guy in India had gone on a long missionary trip. Halfway through the journey, he was tired. He was in a van, V-A-N, with his two boys. They parked in a nice place and they were resting in that van at night. You know what happened? The Hindu extremists came, poured gas over the van, and burned this missionary and the children. We cried. There are evil people out there in the mission field. You need to pray that every missionary you support is kept safe. His wife cried. Their daughter cried. She lost both her brothers. She lost her dad. They are living in a foreign country. Please, in your prayers, remember to pray for their safety. It is so very important. I'll take you to Romans chapter 15. You know, I'm a guy who can stand here and preach for three hours. I'll never get tired. But I just want to share these things briefly, and I want to close down. Romans chapter 15, verses 30 and 32. 30 and 32. And this is Paul again asking. I'm not giving you the background uh, because I'm trying to save a little time. I'm just getting to the verse. Verse 30. Will you be my prayer partners for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake because of your love for me? given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray much with me for my work. A missionary is pleading for prayer. Mercy and I are standing here and pleading with you for prayers. We have been in dangers so many times in Africa and in India. There were people who just wanted to tie me up and carry me away. And I knew I would never come back alive, probably in pieces. We have gone through that. Please remember to pray. And verse 31, pray that I will be protected in Jerusalem from those who are not Christians. Pray also that the Christians there will be willing to accept the money I am bringing them. Then I will be able to come to you with a happy heart by the will of God and we can refresh each other. There are a few things that Paul is asking the Roman church. What is he asking? Number one, for protection. Your missionaries need protection. Pastor Dale out there in Ukraine, he needs protection. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And Paul was carrying gifts to support the church in Jerusalem because there was a great famine and the believers were suffering. They were struggling. So he collected money from the churches in Macedonia and Achaia. He collected money. And he was asking the believers in Rome, please pray that the believers in Jerusalem would willingly and joyfully receive this gift. That they would not reject the gift. Amen. And finally he says, pray that I might return back to you with joy. Now the Living Translation doesn't put it that way. It just says, then I will be able to come to you with a happy heart. But King James puts it differently. It says that I might return to you with joy. I am going. Pray for my protection. Pray that the believers there will accept the gift. Pray that I will come back to you with joy. You need to pray for your missionaries, that they will come back strong, healthy, in one piece, with joy. I will read one more scripture. I know my time is uh, actually over. Um, Colossians chapter 4. Pastor Sidney, please forgive me. Please. <laughs> Forgive me, <laughs> because these things are important. Colossians 4, verses 3, I'll just read. Don't forget to pray for us too, that God will give us many chances to preach the good news of Christ. And at this time, Paul is actually in jail. What is he asking for? That the church in Colossae would pray that Paul would have opportunities to preach Jesus while he is in jail. I think I've given you some thoughts on how you should be praying for missionaries. I want to quickly end up with something else. You can support your missionaries by praying for them was the point that I mentioned. And another point that I want to mention here is you can support your missionaries by giving financially. I need to touch that point. It is very important. Uh, there is a lot to read. Uh, 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter 8, there is a lot to read there. And uh, there is a lot to read there. Let me read a few verses. Now, I want to tell you what God in his grace has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, 
they have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty and the result has been an overflow of giving to others. They gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And I can testify that they did it because they wanted to, and not because of nagging on my part. They begged us to take the money so that they could share in the joy of helping the Christians in Jerusalem. You know, the early churches were fond of giving. They loved to give because they understood missions. They understood the importance of supporting churches. The church in Jerusalem was struggling. And here, the Macedonians, out of their poverty, they sent money to the church in Jerusalem. It was a collection from the churches of Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. They gave money even though they were poor. They gave much more than what Paul expected. We call that sacrificial giving. Now, did you hear that? What did I say? Shout. Shout again. You will do it if you truly love the Lord. You don't have to be forced by the pastor. No. He doesn't even have to talk about it. You know your people are out there. You know they have their challenges and their struggles. You know what, Mercy and I never had a car for many, many years in Africa. We walked on the mud in the rains. Very long distances to preach and to help people. We walked under the heat of the sun. You know, it is your work to help the missionaries. And then I have a thought for you. You know what's happening in America today? A lot of things, am I right? Good or bad? Bad. But there are some good also happening. Bits of revival. A little bit of revival here and there. But a lot of bad is happening. And to spread their agendas, the liberals are giving and giving and giving for their cause to destroy the foundations of this nation and to wipe out the church. They are giving in millions. It's just a challenge. The LGBTQ plus community, they are really rich. The people who support them and the sympathizers of those evil, sinful people drain their pockets to support an ungodly cause. They give away in millions. How much do you give to missions? Is that why we are losing America? 
Why don't we have that same kind of a zeal? We spend a lot on ice cream, don't we? We spend a lot on vacations, don't we? You go for a vacation, $5,000 gone or $10,000 gone. When the pastor says, make a donation, you check all the notes and feel them. If it is a dollar, you will pick it out. If it is a $100 bug, you won't. You'll push it aside. You know, we have become so selfish. And we are losing our children. We are losing the church. We are losing our country because we have relaxed. You know, Islam is becoming powerful in America with Ilhan Omar and the rest of the group up there. You know what's happening? The Muslims are giving in millions. Come on, church, wake up! It's no time to sleep. Wake up! They're giving in millions. Can we cut down on some of our luxuries? Look at the Hindus. You know, there is violence in India. Hindu extremism. You know who is supporting the extremists? The Hindus of India who migrated to the USA, who are millionaires, are sending money to the extremists to slaughter the Christians. That's what's happening right now. There are over 3 million Hindu Indians in America. And they are sending money. How much are we sending to the missionaries in, in, in India, in China, in Russia, in Africa? You know, it is only a challenge. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says we are to be generous. Generous. When we look at the book of Philippians, the believers at Philippi, they gave help to Paul. They gave willingly. He was in need. It is the church's responsibility to support the church and missionaries out there. And there are many ways you can help. If you have some pairs of clothing at home, don't buy new clothing every Christmas. Don't. Be satisfied with what you have. Save that money and send it out. Don't buy toys. I've been to friends' homes where big rooms are filled with toys worth thousands of dollars. Come on, you can cut down on that. Hello. Be contented with what you have. And you will have enough and more than enough to give to God. Hallelujah. There's a lady who told me many years ago, I'll support your ministry. She, doesn't, she hasn't even given a penny. But you know what? She sends about $100 going to the saloon. How do you pronounce that word here? Salon. $120 to the salon. You don't recognize the fact that you are fearfully 
and wonderfully made and that you are so beautiful already? Can't you save that $120 and give it to a man of God or bring it to church? Well, do it once in a while when you're going for a wedding or for a special party. It is not a sin. Are you listening? You know, we waste a lot of money unnecessarily. We can save a lot of money and we can give. Now, let me stop there. And I want to say thank you very much for this opportunity. And uh, <laughs> Pastor Sydney, Pastor Sydney, <laughs> I don't know. I have never been obedient to you in the area of keeping time. <laughs> I have never been obedient. Let me just read one more scripture and I end. First John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. I, I am reading because it's important. But if someone who is supposed to be a Christian has money enough to live well, is it there? Oh yeah, to live well. And sees a brother in need and won't help him, how can God's love be within him? This is your challenge. Verse 18, little children, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them and show it by our actions. I'll have these up here. If you want to pick one, just pick after the service. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. And I'm sorry, Lord, for going beyond my time. And uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless these, my brothers, my sisters, the young men and women, and the little children. I plead the blood of Jesus upon their lives. I rebuke every work of darkness from their lives in the name of Jesus. My Lord, bless their businesses, bless their jobs. And Father, I ask you, Lord, to multiply them. Multiply them. And when you multiply them, when you bless them with abundance, help them never to forget you. Help them to be grateful to you. Help them to share their blessings with the church, with missionaries, for mission work, for those that are in need. Release that anointing, O oh God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, O.M., for sharing the word. And, um, you know, I told you you had 7.30 to 7.45, and you went to 7.47, so that's only two minutes over. <laughs> now, I'm pretty merciful, so. Are you guys ready to hand the papers in, or do you need a minute? to pray over it before we pass the baskets for that. Anybody need a minute? Okay, we have one, maybe two. So why don't we do this? Um, we're going to take 60 seconds. So pray and listen. 
and then we're going to have, uh, we'll pass in the, the papers, and then we'll have worship, and then afterwards, um, the ushers will bring us the grand total, and we'll share that after the worship is over. Do you have something? Oh, the missions offering. Yeah. That wouldn't do, would it? To forget that part. All right. If you, um, while you're preparing that, I also just tell you to prepare your missions giving. And um, so we're going to have to pass the baskets twice. So if you need an envelope for your missions giving, um, the reason we ask if you, if do you need an envelope is if you're giving in cash and want to be receipted or need to designate where the cash is going. Um, you can also give by credit card on those envelopes or debit card. And if you're making out a check, just make it out to Church of the Word and in the memo field right where you want it to go. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are very, very good and that you are awesome in every way. Thank you that you have worked with us and that you've blessed us and you have given so much into our hands and you did tell us that those who much has been given to, much is also required of. And so we gladly present ourselves, our finances, we live with an open hand before you, Lord. And we ask you to direct us that as you enable us, that we would be able to do great and mighty things for you for the kingdom and that we would see an explosion of growth in this next year in the mission field locally and abroad in souls coming into the kingdom in in our missionaries finances being well supplied to do all that you've put in their heart to do i thank you for this father i ask you to put specifically in people's hearts those that you want them to partner with to work with and to be a part of this next year going forward. I thank you for this in Jesus' name and amen. If the basket comes to you, and I guess this is the missions offering, this isn't the other offering, so yeah, go ahead and pass those baskets, and then in a moment they'll come back with baskets for the uh, faith promises. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for being so awesome. Thank you for obeying the Father and coming and giving your life for us, for all who would believe. And Lord, we believe and we thank you, Father, for your graciousness, for your mercy, for your grace, for your love, for your faithfulness. Thank you that you gave us promises that we can go out and see great and mighty things done in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the name of the Lord. Oh, by Yesu Kaya Dala Mahaso. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, my Yadele Behesho. 
Thank you, Father, for your presence. You are so amazing. And Lord, we ask you that by your Spirit, you would fill us full and fresh with your Spirit, with the knowledge of your will, with the eyes of your understanding, with hearts that are enlightened. Father, I thank you for your love that's been shed abroad in our heart. And we receive it and lay hold of it, Lord. And we say, mold us into your image. Cause your, vi- your vision to be birthed and come fresh up in us again. Just like the first day we saw it, that we would be renewed within that vision again. Let's say this to the Lord. Here I am. Send me. The Lord is just watching for someone to take Him at His Word. He watches over His Word to perform it. So I double-dog dare you to take a promise, stand on it, make a declaration on it. This week, find something in the Word, a promise that He has given to you, and make a move on it and see what the Lord would do. See what the Lord would do. If it's for a relationship that you're believing for, if it's maybe it's for someone to come into the kingdom. You know, take find a promise that is in regards to how He has come for all and how He answers your prayer. And you ask Him to touch their heart and watch what the Lord will do. He'll give them another opportunity, even if they've squandered the past ones. Maybe it's a financial thing or maybe it's a, some other sort of miracle. Take the promises of God and stand on them and then come shouting. Then come shouting. Tell the testimony. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Bring them with you. So together, collectively, I know that many of us are missing tonight. So no doubt this number would be higher if we'd all be here. But 111,640 is our faith promise. That's what we're going to do into the mission field in this coming calendar year as the Lord enables us. And I'm quite confident we'll go far beyond that even. Amen? So let's believe God for that. Let's pray over that number right now. Father, we just uh, believe that you have prompted us with this number collectively, $111,640. Lord, we want to do this into the kingdom, above and beyond the tithe, Father, and in alms, in doing things on Your behalf, Lord. This is our desire, and we ask You to enable us to accomplish these things. And by faith, we step out and we set our face like flint on Your Word and on Your promise that You would enable us and enrich us in all things so that we're equipped for every good work in Jesus' name and Amen. Hallelujah. I believe last year our faith promise was 240,000 or thereabouts and our total on that paper, if you look at the paper, is well beyond that. So hallelujah. Big things. Looking to next weekend, we are going to have Pastor Jonathan Cauldron here from Word of Grace in Harrisburg. He is an anointed teacher, preacher, so come bring family and friends and come receiving. And the following week, I believe Karen Burroughs is going to be ministering. You're going to be here, right? 
Okay, Karen Burroughs is going to be ministering and bringing the word of the Lord. So bring family and friends and enemies. <laughs> right? The word says bless your enemies. There's no better way to bless them than get them into the river of God. It'll just change things. The next two weekends, my family and I will be traveling. Jen's parents want to take us to Alaska. It's been something they've been wanting to do to go see her sister and family. So we're going to be with them um, going around seeing some things in Alaska and between here and there with, with her family. So um, keep us covered in your prayers. We are going to return back again to you and be with you on the 19th of August. So be blessed as you go. Love on one another because one way that we love God is how? All right, and we are not just hearers of the word, but doers. Amen. Love you guys. Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. We have so much to praise the Lord for. So happy to see each and every one of you here tonight. Thanks for gathering together with like-minded people, the saints of God. What a privilege and an honor it is to do that. We never want to forget that, right? Many of the believers in third world countries are, don't have this privilege to gather freely like we do. I'd like to encourage you tonight in our time of worship. And this is a worship time with the Lord. Psalms 145 is a psalm written by King David. And it's an exhortation of consistent praise unto the Lord. And it's full of the reasons why God is good. God is gracious. God is glorious. God's faithful. Amen. So what do we, we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes. You know, I was thinking of when I was meditating on this of Isaiah 61, where it says, for the spirit of heaviness. Do you know that it's a spirit when you feel depressed, depressed or discouraged? It's a spirit that's trying to infiltrate you. And the antidote for that is a garment of praise. So just lifting up your hands and your eyes and worshiping and praising the Lord for all the good things he's ever done in your life, putting yourself back into remembrance will lift that spirit. It will actually repel it and you'll find yourself full of joy. It's beautiful, this antidote. So Psalms 145 says, I will exalt you, my God. O King, and I'll bless your name forever and ever. Every day, say every day. Every day, make it a part of who you are to bless the Lord every day. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise the Lord to the other and shall declare his mighty works. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts. 
and I will declare your greatness. See, that's an attribute. And I shall utter the memory of your great goodness, another attribute. And I will sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Father, thank you so much. You are so gracious. You're near to all who call upon you, to all who call upon you in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who reverence him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Great promises in the word. The Lord preserves all who love him. My mouth, say my mouth, shall praise the Lord. And my flesh shall bless his holy name. See, it's something that we do. And the more you do it, the more the joy of the Lord will fill your heart. And what does joy produce? Strength. Anybody need some strength tonight? Then we just lift our hands and praise the Lord. You can help yourself to the joy of the Lord and the strength of God by praising him. So let's stand up together as family tonight. And let's just put him in remembrance. What did he do for you today? What Did you, anybody eat today? Anybody have an air-conditioned house they were in today? <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. You don't have to really think hard to know how good God is to you. Amen? So let's just praise him tonight. Let's, let's lift up a sacrifice of praise and thank him for how good he is to you. Amen? Jesus is who he says he is. He's the absolute truth. He's the living word. And that word is forever settled. It never changes. It doesn't change by culture or man's opinion. It's forever settled. And he's a man of his word. He's a righteous God. Amen. Do you love the truth tonight? Do you embrace the truth tonight? Father, we just thank you as we have assembled together tonight to hear your truth. Our hearts are open to, to receive it, Father. It's good soil. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit being here, moving, Jesus moving, and allowing that word, that good word, to be in good soil tonight. Father, we just thank you and give you all the praise and all the glory because you're so worthy of it. We'll turn to your wonderful neighbor and say, isn't Jesus wonderful and so glad you're here tonight? Amen. The children may be dismissed to their classes. Nope. Sorry, fifth Sunday, no, no dismissal except nursery. Except nursery. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. How y'all doing? Staying cool? It's cool in here. Well, we're excited to be with you tonight, and we welcome you if this is your first time to Church of the Word. Uh, we'd like to just have you raise your hand so we can recognize you. Any guests with us 
first time visitors with us. All right, I don't see any hands. So um, we're going to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need an envelope for your cash giving, you can raise your hand. And our ushers will bring one to you. And if you're giving by credit cards, please fill out all of the blanks. You know, you cannot separate the offerings of the Lord from the worship of God. When you worship the Lord, there's offerings. And you'll see that from the beginning of time. It didn't take uh, very long at all. And there was offerings. People wanted to worship the Lord. There was an altar. And there was something on it. And so... Um, if you want, you can uh, put your finger in three places. Leviticus chapter 2, 1 Kings 17, and Luke chapter 12. Because what I wanted to talk about uh, tonight is that the principle of putting God first will produce supernatural provision in your life. But before we do that, I wanted to read to you something. And you'll see why here in a moment when we go to 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, but in when, okay, so like I said, in the beginning, offerings of the Lord were from the beginning. When there was worship of the Lord, there was offerings. But then when the Levitical law came, God gave some structure, some, you know, he spelled some things out. And so there was a variety of different offerings and things, and one of those offerings was called the grain offering. And the grain offering was uh, typically something that demonstrated worship of the Lord, but also thanking him for his provision. And in Leviticus, you can see this in different places in, throughout Leviticus, but it was to be a handful of oil and a, uh, sorry, a handful of flour. It'd be kind of weird. Handful of oil, that's going everywhere. <laughs> a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. And it was supposed to, a part of that was to be burned on the altar. And then it says here, verse Three of chapter two, it says, The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the food offerings presented to the Lord. And you see that in several different places where he calls the part given to the priest the most holy part given to the Lord. Now he's given it to Aaron, but it was given to the Lord. And now I want you to see this in, in 1 Kings 17. Again, we're talking about this principle of putting God first producing supernatural provision in your life. And we know this story. So the, the setting is, you know, there's the drought, and Elijah's been taken care of at the brook Cherith. And then the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, in verse 9, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. He says, I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. That word directed, it means to, to give a command, to give a charge. Like he's already spoken to this widow who, by the way, is a foreigner. She's not a Hebrew. The word of the Lord came to this foreigner and, and instructed her out ahead of this. And so he goes to Zarephath, and he comes there, and we know the story. Here's the widow. She's gathering sticks. She's going to make this last meal and die, her and her, her son. And he says, you know, please give me some water. And, oh, by the way, give me some, some bread. And she says, I don't have any. We're just going to make our last meal, and then we're going to die. And um, I just have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and we're going to eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, verse 13, don't be afraid, because, you know, you might have opportunity to fear when you're seeking first the kingdom, when you're putting God first. And there's just not, I mean, if we, you know, 
in the natural, perhaps all of your income isn't enough to go around, and now you're saying the Lord worked to tithe? Huh. So you may have opportunity to fear. He says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as I've said, but first make me a loaf from what you have and bring it to me, and then you'll have something for you and your son, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry till the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So he's saying, bring me a grain offering. Bring me a grain offering, and the Lord's going to have access to supernaturally provide for you. You know, that word uh, in the Hebrew, the grain offering, it's the Hebrew word, I'm sure I'm butchering it, but it looks like mincha to me. And it's the same word that in other places has been translated tribute. You know, you think about bringing a great king tribute, an offering, a present, you know, thanking him for his goodness to his subjects and all of that. That was what this grain offering, what has been translated grain offerings, also translated tribute. But I wanted to bring this part out here. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Flip over to Luke chapter 12. See, putting God first in your life, uh, one way we demonstrate that is with our finances and with our schedule. Yeah, I said with our schedule. Putting God's things is more important than our things, and we have opportunity, you could have opportunity to fear when you do that. In Luke chapter 12, verse 29, 32 says, and we know this, this passage, so I'm just kind of jumping right in. I mean, it, we could be here, you could, you could have a week of meetings on this subject, but we're just trying to jump right in here. Verse 29 says, don't set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. Don't set your heart on the things your family needs, the things that, the, that you need for this natural realm to operate. We don't operate here on just air. Okay, there's, there's some, some very basic things just to survive on this planet. He says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. Your father knows you need them. He knows this. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Verse 32, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. This word kingdom means royal power, kingship, Dominion, rule, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. He says, don't be afraid. I've given you dominion. I've given you rule over these things. Just put me first, hook up with me, and there will be supernatural provision for you because he knows you need these things. See, remember in... Um, in Malachi 3, where the Lord said, return to me, and I will return to you. And it says, and then they said, well, how do we return? And he said, by bringing in the tenth, bringing in that full 10%. There's something about putting God first, right off the top. You know, in Haggai, I read this last week, how you know, they were just pursuing their own things, that, their own pursuits, their own necessities, or whatever was more important than God's things. And it didn't work out so hot for them. I mean, they were just like spinning their wheels and working, striving and striving for their own things. Didn't have time for what the Lord needed done. Didn't have time for what was important for him. But when they got that priority switched around, from what, once they did that, the Lord said, now it's all going to be different. From this day on, you're going to be blessed. 
And so, you know, I was just thinking of this. Sometimes you could have opportunity to fear. When you look in the natural, and, you know, we've experienced this, where if you looked at everything that came in for the entire month, it wasn't going to be enough to, you know, meet all your responsibilities and obligations and take care of your family. And so, what do you tithe? Yes, you absolutely tithe, because that is the access point for God to supernaturally provide for you. And he did. And if he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you. But putting God first, that gives God an access point into your life. And what does he say that he'll do for the tither? He'll open the windows of heaven. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And you'll be a blessed people. Amen? All right. Let's take a hold of our tithes and let's present that to the Lord. Father, we are so grateful to be here tonight. We're so thankful, Lord, that we don't have to figure it all out on our own, that we're not on our own, that you've promised to provide for us, that you know the things that we need, and you want to see us walk in abundance and, and in prosperity. And we thank you, Lord, for these promises for the tither, that you've opened the windows of heaven for the tither, and that the devourer is rebuked for our sakes. So we give you thanks for that. We thank you for all the good things in our life, and we present our tithe, our 10% to you, as part of our worship, as part of our honor to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. This is our annual missions weekend, so that's going to be, Pastor Sidney's going to be uh, taking care of that here in a moment. We have our CWI picnic tomorrow. Woohoo! Everybody, you know, it looks like it might cool off. I was looking at the weather. I'm like, man, it's going to be a hot softball game tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> it looks like it, hopefully it will only be in 80, 80s, low 80s or something, hopefully. So we'll be um, tomorrow at 1130, meals at noon, and bring food and come prepared to have a good time. We have the youth and young adult pool party coming up on August 6th at the LAPS. This is the first youth event for new students entering the eighth grade. So I'm sure there's some excited kids for that as well. All right, Pastor, why don't you come and bless the people with the missions offering. Could I have uh, several ushers come too, or two volunteers? You don't have to be an usher. I think last time we drafted some. I have a habit of doing this right after the, the offering when all the ushers are busy. So um, if you did not get one of the annual missions faith promise, or if you don't have it with you, if you picked one up last week, please take another one. Um, these are going to be one per couple unless you do your finances separately than it would be individually. Um, I have more papers for you to hand. One of you, okay. Actually, both of you come back and let's start this way. Hand one of those out as well. And that should go to everyone if, if they didn't bring one with them. I, we didn't have those here last week. This is our annual missions weekend. Welcome home, Gene. Good to see you back all the way from Kurdistan. 
I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. You know, I used to be able to say, just look up at the flags around the room, and there was lots and lots of flags hanging there representing the different places that we have been active. And while we don't have those flags here now, I know that more importantly than seeing all those flags is that you see in your heart what the Lord would have you to do personally. What your part is in His greater picture of the harvest field of the world. And um, I'm going to read to you, or just quote to you really, a scripture that I've given to you before on these uh, missions weekend. So what this is, is if you're new with us, at the, the last month or the last weekend of every month, we collect the missions offering. And you can put your missions offering into any weekend, um, but it makes it a whole lot less work when it's done all on one weekend and uh, when, when the bookkeeping and all of that happens. So we, we take a special missions offering. We'll take one at the end of the service tonight. And that's the last, that's the, tonight's our missions offering for the month. But tonight is also our mission service for the entire year. And what we've been doing is for a number of years we have come together and together made a faith promise to the Lord as He enables us of what we would like to sow into missions and alms in the coming calendar year. Now this does not include your tithe. Do not include the tithe number in that. Your tithe is not missions giving. That, that belongs to the Lord. That's not even an offering. Did you hear me? Tithe is the Lord's. Okay? If, you, um, if you return what belongs to Him already, well, that's just that's great. There's all kinds of promises that go with that. But we know that in order to sow, you have to go beyond what is owed. Right? If I owe Josh $100 and I give him a hundred dollars, have I sowed into him? No, I've just given him what was already his. But if I give him a hundred and ten dollars, have I now sowed into him? Yeah, a little bit, right? Above and beyond what I already owed to him. So what we've been doing is looking at our missions and our almsgiving, anything that's outside of the tithe, and saying, all right, Lord, we believe your word and we take you at your word. And we've been calling this our building program, and we got that from Pastor Dan Betzer. Many of you have been with us when we watched his uh, sermon up on the screen. We've done it a number of times on these missions weekends. And he talks about how they experience supernatural growth in their church and churches as soon as they made their focus about missions and about bringing in the lost. And you recognize missions is not just across the ocean or in another country or if they speak a different language. Missions is right here in Lancaster as well. And we do a number of different things here in Lancaster. So a number of years ago, when I was praying about this, and, and Larry Mills from Turkey was talking to me about it. He was the one that turned me on to that Dan Betzer sermon. And so I listened to that, and I thought, you know what? This, I felt like the Lord quickened it in my heart that we should do that here every year. Because I would look at my own giving, and while that was great, I know that Scripture says one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight. And when we look at that 
number that we did personally, it's significant, but when we look at the number that we did together in the Lord, it's very encouraging to be a part of that. And as I looked at that and said, okay, we're going to do that here in this house, the Lord took me to John chapter 13 where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And as I was praying on this, I was like, so what does this have to do with offerings? I don't get it. Washing, serving others, okay, yeah, I can draw that parallel, but the washing of the feet. And, and I prayed down through here, read down through here and prayed, and the Lord took me back to verse 16, where Jesus tells them after He'd washed their feet, He says, Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. And I got to looking at this Scripture and examining it because the Lord told me to pay attention to that verse. Well, inside of that verse, I started looking at the original words and meanings and, and what does each word mean because I still wasn't getting it until I realized the word messenger is the word apostle. Or it's what we would call a missionary today. The missionary is not greater than the one who sent him. See, they are enabled by people back here doing the sending. And you have a share in the work that they do. So whatever, that, whatever Gene just did in Kurdistan and will do in the future in Kurdistan, if anyone had a part financially in that, you, the Lord attributes to your account what He did over there as well. Because you helped with it. And just keep on going around the world to all the different places. And so we opened it up and we said, okay, what we're going to do at the last weekend of every month, we'll collect the missions offering. Any place you want to send it, designate it to that mission. We'll collect the offering. We'll send 100% of it on to those places that you designate it. If you don't designate it, then it goes into the general mission fund and then dispersed from there to needs as we come across them. And um, so right here, I'm going to read the Scripture again. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. You are a bunch of senders in this house. I don't know of another church that gives at the percentage that you guys do. You guys have done amazing things financially for the number of people that we are. And I know that the reason for that is because the Lord enabled you. He put certain things in your heart and you have been obedient to step out in faith and, and walk with Him in those things. I've listened to testimonies from a number of you involving missions giving and how the Lord has increased your businesses, given you pay raises, but it, there was an obedience required on your part as well. So tonight what I want you to do is to check with the Lord. I gave away all the papers here. Let me borrow one. Um, is to check with the Lord. Don't just come up with a number that feels comfortable to you. Ask Him. Because this is not as your job enables you. This is not as your savings account enables you. This is not as what you can could see you could possibly do enables you. This is as God enables you. So it's supernatural top to bottom. Nobody's going to come back and check on you. Hey, did you do the amount that you faith promised to the Lord? No one's going to do that. All right. This is between you and the Lord and nobody else. And 
I know that in, in our own home and finances that we have seen the Lord move big time in that way and, and completely um, work with us and enable us and bring income in from places we didn't know it would come from so that we could sow and meet the things that we, He had put in our heart to do. Right? Because usually the Lord, He has pretty big vision. Right? And um, we, we tend to look at what, what we think we could do. But he, he looks beyond that. So, I would, you can either fill out the paper in the blanks, read the whole thing, um, and then sign it. Your signature doesn't have to be legible. If you'd like, you can just write the total amount for the year in the corner and tear the corner off and put that into the offering basket and you can keep your page and take it home and pray over it and keep it in front of you at home. Or if you want to just put the whole paper into the basket, that's fine as well. But we are going to dispose of them after the service and you won't get it back. So we're not going to go digging through it and looking for people's names and all that. The other paper... This one here, I'll go over, I'll just read this and give you or the top half of the first page. It's front and back on that, on that sheet. And this is, CWI gave to missions and alms, etc. a grand total of 2000, I mean $286,352 and change. I just put down whole numbers to make it easier to look at. Last year, calendar year from July to July, we had done 261,474. So you can see that went up. Benevolence, alms, member support was 16,852. Now, down below on the list and on the back of the page are all the missions giving that we've been a part of. We did not put people who received from alms on this list for obvious reasons. And let me um, interject this as well. We see come through the offering regularly alms givings that is specified give to this person, someone else within the body. And so that person, the other person receives it, doesn't know who gave it to them, so they just have to be nice to everyone. <laughs> but I am so... I wish everyone could see that because it just blesses me so much to see you guys being the hands and feet of Jesus in that way. Um, moving on to the next line. So, so in Benevolence Alms member support was 16,852. The previous year was 37,132. For missions, local and abroad, so that's everything from city gate to local outreaches, VBS, all the way to missions all the way around the world, guest ministers that are missionaries, special giving projects, $269,499 is what we did together. And the previous year was 224342 This amount represents slightly less than 42% of CWI's gross revenue. That includes tithes, all offerings, everything that came in. 42% of our gross revenue, just slightly less than, like 41.9 or something. And it is, um, that is major. 
If you look at the, the national numbers of what churches give versus their gross revenue, there's nowhere close to that. So why do I bring this up? Because we have got a lot of seed in the ground. And let's believe God for the harvest on it. Because we have bigger fields to plant. Of that total that we gave up, up the top, um, oh no, of the total, 205,487 came in. So of the very top grand total, at the top of the page, the 286 that went out, of that total, 205,487,000 came in as designated to missions, alms, ministers, and offerings. CWI, out of the general offering, or out of the tithe offering, contributed an additional $80,864 to those causes. And then we have Proverbs 11.25 written here, The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You know, Proverbs also says that the, the Lord, when you give alms, to the poor, the Lord considers that a loan to Himself. How many of you think the Lord would not make good on His loans? No, of course not. I think He'd pay really good interest rates too. And so, when you, the alms that you have done, and um, many times just our straight missions giving that we call missions is a form of alms. And um, that is a great harvest that the Lord will enable you to do more for Him in the future. And then down below is a list of missionaries, ministries, and individuals doing mission work that CWI is supported financially, and you can see that on the front and back page. On the annual missions, alms, faith, promise, we're going to do this at the end of the service. The reason I want to do that is because as you sit under the anointing of our brother teaching and preaching, the Lord may speak to you and tell you to put something different down than you originally intended to. It may be less, it may be more. I also want you to pay special attention for places you should be hooked up to. The Lord will bring to your uh, knowing on the inside, He'll bring to your memory certain places and that very well could be Him trying to nudge you to, to agree to be a helper to them in this coming year. So just check with the Lord. We're, we're the sheep of His pastures, not the sheep of CWI's pastures. Right? So if you, as you submit to the Lord, He'll talk to you and He'll tell you what to do, how to do it, where to do it. 